Yesterday was the celebration of 9-11, the 22nd anniversary of 9-11. And Joe Biden missed another layup by not showing up to New York or Pennsylvania or Washington, D.C. to the Pentagon in order to celebrate it. But that's not the worst of it. Then he started talking. Then Kamala started talking. And then he implemented policy. What an absolute nightmare. This is Gene. Let's talk about it. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I hope you guys had a great day. I hope you had a very somber, very mellow 9-11, celeb- uh, acknowledging, not forgetting, one of the worst terrorist attacks in American history. One of the worst surprise attacks in American history. I think there's no question it was the worst terrorist attack. I think it was the first one, that, second one that actually occurred on American soil. Uh, it was, uh, I watched my 9-11 shows. I watched Zero Dark Thirty because it was a movie I could watch. And that's on the killing of Osama Bin Laden that was started because of 9-11. So it was a good day. Who didn't have a good day yesterday was... Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, because, of course, they made complete asses out of themselves. And we'll get to that soon enough. But So today you might hear, I, we're going to do a shorter podcast today because I'm sick. And if you're wondering, oh God, does he have COVID again? Because I'm 55 years old, and that would say that I'm going to die at any second. I have no idea. I'm not going to test. I don't care. I'm not wearing a mask. And yes, I'm going to the gym. I may sound phenomenal today. My golden tones are working out really well, and that's because I am drugged. So we'll see what happens in eight hours when the drugs actually wear off, and I need to drop some more. So today will be shorter. Uh, today is completely unscripted. So if you go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, you're going to you won't you might not even see a title. That's how unscripted this whole thing's going to be. But you know what? We never unscript the dumbass of the day. So let's. Let's go to it. Let's go to my favorite topic, dumbasses of the day. All right. You cannot skip a dumbasses of the day. And the queen of the dumbass today, who else? Kamala Harris, the queen of Kamala-isms, the queen dumbass. Oh, boy. So not only is she actually trying to get out there right now to push I mean this is their campaign is to send Kamala out to talk but you also had 911 which means she had to talk again she also did an interview because this is their campaign is her interview with really friendly interviewers she just had to be out there and when she the worst thing that could happen in the world is she opens her mouth and guess what? This week, this weekend, and this week didn't didn't hurt at all. It she she did not disappoint as far as dumbass things to say. So the first thing we need to take a look at is, of course, just the dumb things that she says. That she's asked a question, and then not only does she not answer the question, she does what. Karen Jean-Pierre does when she doesn't answer a question. She goes on a rant for three minutes. 
Now, this isn't three minutes. I think it's only about a minute. But here she is. She's being asked about the foreign policy. Now, here's the problem. Foreign policy for this, for this administration is not something they want to talk about. It's an absolute disaster. It's unpopular, and every foreign policy decision that this administration has made has been a complete F-up. From the pullout of Afghanistan to the trading of the merchant of death for a WNBA player whose name no one knew until she was arrested for bringing in marijuana into Russia. From uh, Taiwan, from dealing with China. Everything that this president does as far as foreign policy, Iran, which we'll talk about later, everything this president has done when it comes to foreign policy has backfired and been an absolute disaster. Everything. There is nothing he has done that's worked out. So these are questions they don't want to answer because there is really no good answer for them. Well, here's Kamala Harris being asked about foreign policy or U.S. policy as it relates to foreign affairs. Again, why they can't just talk, say, foreign policy, I don't know. Let's listen to what she had to say. I feel very strongly about um, the importance as a general matter of engaging in U.S. policy as it relates to foreign affairs in a way that we pay attention, of course, to the immediate concerns and threats if they exist, but that we also pay attention to 10, 20, 30 years down the line and what we are developing now that will be to the benefit of our country. Now, if you have absolute, the question was simple. How do you construct a foreign policy? What is your mode of thinking when it comes to developing a foreign policy? Did she answer that question at all? Well, the answer is yes and no. The answer is no. She didn't really answer the question. She just started babbling and throwing words there. But she did kind of answer it. What she said is that you create a policy so that you can pay attention to what's going on. In other words, what she basically said is this administration is not paying attention to what's going on. So then we create this policy so we can actually watch what's going on and see the reaction and then we base the policies in the future on that reaction. Essentially what she's saying is, she's saying we react to everything. We create a foreign policy, we're not really paying attention to anything. And then we create a policy, we see what happens, and then we adjust that policy. And we try and do it 10, 20, 30 years down in the future. We, we try and do that so that we can create the perfect policy that will happen 10, 20 years down the future. But essentially, the policy always changes because we don't know what the reactions are going to be. Or she just gave a bullshit answer and, and what she said absolutely means nothing. So you can pick and choose which she said. Did she actually say that, no, we create the policy and then we see what the policy does and then we adjust the policy? Or is she basically saying, I don't really have an answer for this, so I'll just spend 30 seconds talking? My bet is the latter. But either way, well, I hope it's the latter. I tell you what, I hope it's the latter. Because if it's the former, 
if they create a policy because they're not paying attention to some foreign incident, and then they see what the policy does to affect the foreign incident, that's not a real good way to create foreign policy. So I think with her, she's actually doesn't has no freaking idea. But I think this administration actually does just that. They don't worry about something until it becomes a disaster. And then they adjust their policy accordingly, which usually means they don't adjust it enough. Afghanistan is the prime example of that. But that's not the only thing stupid that she said. I know, shock, shock, shock. Here she is being asked, and this is a very good question. By the way, this is the anti-abortionist question when it comes to pro-abortion people. So she's being asked rather straightforward on Face the Nation on CBS, which really shocks me. I can't believe Face the Nation actually put her in a corner like this. They basically asked her, okay, Roe versus Wade's been overturned. You guys want to make abortion completely legal. Well, the question we have and the question conservatives have is, what limits should be put on abortion? So Roe versus Wade basically said that a it's viability that determines a fetus. Okay? And that viability occurs between 20 to 24 weeks. What she's saying is that viability. What she's saying is that a lot of pro-abortionists see viability as the day before the kid's born, and conservatives are saying no, that's not even close. By the way, it's it's conception. We all know it's conception. In vitro fertilization proves that it's conception. Test two babies prove it's conception. We know this already, but let's just go with the left because conservatives basically have to go out of their way to chip away at abortion. It's like slavery. You're not going to get rid of it altogether unless you have a major civil war, which no one's willing to fight. So let's give them that. So when is it a baby is considered a baby and not a fetus, which means offspring? How about this? Not even fetus, because that's a really bad term. A clump of cells, meaningless cells. A cancer, I guess. I don't know what they want to call it. When is a baby a baby, and when should abortion be questioned? Her answer, absolutely incredible. And and good for this report, good this journalist. This journalist kept trying to re-ask the question and say, listen, that's not the answer to my question. Here is the question. And Kamala Harris refuses to answer it. Listen. So what... What is it that you believe? I mean, what week of pregnancy should abortion access be cut off? We need to restore the protections of Roe versus Wade. Which We're was, not trying to do something new. Well, that There's, was nebulous because it was about viability, which could be anywhere between 20 to 24 weeks. And But it, so, no, 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 no. Let, that's, let's, that let, was me, in let me be very clear. The Women's Health Protection Act that let the White me be, House also Let me endorsed. be very clear. From day one... The president has been clear. I have been clear. We need to put back the protections that are in Roe v. Wade into law. Since the Supreme Court took it, Congress has the power and ability to pass legislation to put those protections back in law, and Joe Biden will sign that bill. So that is what we want. But does it need to be specific in terms of defining and where that guarantee goes up to? and where it does not, at which week of pregnancy. We need to put back in 
place the protections of Roe versus Wade. You we know are why not, I'm asking you but this I, question, but though, because we're not trying to. But we're not trying to do anything that did not exist before June of last year. We well, are it, saying it wasn't no, crafted but, into law. And that's why I'm asking you for the specifics there, because Republicans say the lack of a precise date in cutting it off. You know this. Is they say that allows Democrats to perform abortions up until, you know, birth. Which is ridiculous. Which is statistically which is, which is, not accurate. And, and it's ridiculous. I understand and it's a that. mischaracterization so, of the point. No, the point but, is. But the do point you need to be more precise? To, I am being precise. We need to put into law the protections of Roe versus Wade. Okay, I'm just going to throw this out there. No. Th this is a very good question. And no, it is not ridiculous to believe that they want to kill babies up until the moment of birth. Because the reality is, laws like they have in California want to be able to terminate a pregnancy 30 days after birth. There have already been pro-abortion people, politicians, that have said that, you know, if a baby is born and the mother changes her mind, that child should be let to die, left to die. Okay, so these are not crazy questions. All right, they're not. I'm sorry, they're not. They do want to, they do want late-term abortions. Don't forget, this is a party that, that dealt with partial birth abortions and wanted to partial birth abortions. Excuse me, let me speak English. They wanted partial birth abortions legalized, which means the baby's head comes out of the womb and the ba brain is bashed in. And then, oh, I'm sorry, not the brain is bashed in, the spinal cord is cut, killing the child. This is something they supported. So I don't think it's asinine. And the problem is with viability, viability is an arbitrary number. It can be argued that conception is viable. Because we know this because of test tube babies. We actually did infertilize a, an egg, creating a fertilized egg, and then we put it into the baby. You could say it's, it's viable then. We just don't have the technology to actually grow the child outside of a womb. So the, the, the big question here is, when is it viable? And if she doesn't know, she can't say I don't know, by the way. She cannot say I don't know. Because if she says I don't know, the next question would be, well then, why are you killing the children? What, what the right is saying is that you are killing babies but you're saying you're not sure if we're killing babies. You don't know when is the time we're killing babies. So she is caught between a rock and a hard place because she does she does believe, hey, we should be able to kill that kid when he's 17 years old. She, she believes this. But she can't say it because it's not popular. And that's the whole thing with abortion. The left keeps saying, oh, this is going to be a voting thing. The right wants to take away your rights to abortion. And what the right's saying, and well, the right's not saying enough, is that, uh, no, it's not that we want to take away abortion. We want some serious limits on abortion. Abortion will disappear on its own because it's horrid. And then we tell you 
what we want removed. For example, we tell you we want we can show you a 20 week procedure uh, abortion. How you stick the stick a spike into the uterus. Stick that spike into the brain. Stick forceps onto the skull to crush the skull. We can tell you the actual procedure. The procedure is still on YouTube, believe it or not. I can't believe YouTube hasn't pulled it, but it's still there. And by the way, I downloaded that procedure just to be able to show you one day if I needed to what the actual procedure of an abortion is. It's brutal. It's medieval. And she knows it, so she can't sit there and talk. Because if she sat there, let's just say she sat there and said, 24 weeks. That's the cutoff. And the, question, the two questions come up. Okay, first question is, well, what's the difference between 23 weeks and 25 weeks? What's the difference between 24 and 25 weeks? What's the difference between 23 weeks and 24 weeks? Which, by the way, is a leftist way of arguing. That's how Republicans should argue. What is the difference between a fetus at 23 weeks and 24 weeks? Please tell me. And then the other thing we can say, okay, so an abortion at 24 weeks, here's the procedure. And show the procedure. Pro Anti-abortionists have been doing this, by the way. It's just regular conservatives haven't. And that probably should be done. Okay, so she wins dumbass of the day. Uh, because she's just, she's stuck in the incredible position of trying to answer questions and talk when she can't talk, she's not reasonable, she can barely speak, she can't get answers out, she doesn't know the answers or can't answer them. That's an unenviable task. So I feel bad for her. Okay, so let's get to uh, let's get to nine one one, and I can't remember who actually described nine one one. Oh yes, it was uh, Adams, Scott Adams, the guy who does the Dilbert cartoons. He called the Biden administration's response to nine eleven, the twenty second anniversary of nine eleven, as assholery. It's just complete assholery from first to second step. And that's absolutely correct. So for some reason, Joe Biden decided he was going to go to Vietnam and India for the G20 summit during the 9-11 anniversary. You're the president of the United States. You can sit there and say, no, we, we, I love my country more than I love the world, the rest of the world, and skipped it, the G20. But of course, he can't do that because he had to talk about climate change. And that's why that's what he talked about at the G20. That's what he talked about in India. That's what he talked about in Vietnam. Every press conference he had was talking. We played a clip yesterday. Every press conference he played was based on 9-11. Then he decided to float, fly back to Alaska landed in Alaska, and he did a 9-11 ceremony in Alaska. Now, you might ask yourself, well, wait a minute. The planes crashed in the Pentagon in Washington, D.C., or Virginia. Uh, they crashed in New York. Two crashed in New York, and one crashed in Pennsylvania. What does Alaska have anything to do with 9-11? And the answer is it has absolutely nothing to do with 9-11, but 
Air Force One needs to land in Alaska because it must refuel and it's and it takes usually an hour and a half to refuel. So what a perfect time to get out of the plane, say, I love America, God bless our troops, or whatever bullshit he's going to say, and then get back on the plane and fly it back to, to, well, Delaware, because he's probably taking another vacation. That's essentially why he stopped, why he did it in Alaska. An absolute, absolute disaster. But it could have gotten worse. And it did. Because when Biden does his ceremony, he's always got to open his mouth. And he did. He absolutely did. So here's his introduction to the his 9-11 speech. And tell me if you can see anything wrong with what he said. Governor, Don Levy, it's good to see you. Governor and I have something in common. We're both from Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I wish I had him playing in my high school ball club that I was playing. But I would have, could have been an All-American having you in front of me. Now, that might seem like a rather innocuous thing to say. And I didn't think twice about it when I heard it. But this is what this president does. He talks about himself. And that's what everyone pointed out. So Fox News, which can't stand Biden, they actually sat back and talked about this. Talked about his, his deal. And you had 15, they had like seven or eight people from who lost people in 9-11 saying they're glad he didn't come from New York. This guy can't go five minutes without talking about himself. That this ceremony had nothing to do with Joe Biden. And Joe Biden should not have come up in this conversation, in this speech, at all. But it always has to. There was one guy who sat back and said, you know something, if he had been in New York and gotten a little extra sleep, somehow, Bo Biden would have been in this disaster. He would have died in this disaster. Or Bo Biden would have been chained to this ceremony in some way. And they're absolutely right. It would have been, well, we had 9-11 and then we had the Iraq war and my son died in Iraq, which he didn't die in Iraq. But it would have been about Joe Biden. This is not a good look because the problem is he always does this. So even something said as innocuous as this, and I do think it's an innocuous statement. I think it's just kind of, hey, welcome. The problem is he does this all the time and it irritates the crap out of people. He just keeps doing it. Well, the lies just kept on coming. So then Joe Biden decided to, again, insert himself into the 9-11 terrorist attacks. And unfortunately, the internet. So it turned out that the it took the internet a grand total of seven minutes to catch this as a lie. And that is not hyperbole. They found this. I think someone actually reported this was a lie before he finished the speech. Maybe it is hyperbole. Maybe I'm exaggerating. But they nailed this really early. Let's listen to his lie. To renew our sacred vow, never forget. Never forget. We never forget. Each of us. Each of those precious lives stolen too soon when evil attacked. Ground Zero in New York. And I remember standing there the next day 
and looking at the building. I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. It looked so devastating because the way you could, from where you could stand. It took about five minutes for someone to post a video, time-stamped video, mind you, of a speech that Joe Biden gave on September 12, 2001, talking about the terrorist attacks. He never went to Ground Zero in New York. He never went there. He didn't go, definitely didn't go there on the 12th. This is just another lie. The only politician that I know was there was George W. Bush, which he should have been there. He was the president, and Rudy Giuliani. That was about it. And by the way, all travel was restricted for about a week after the terrorist attack. He wasn't there. He lied. People were posting this during his speech about how he lied. And by the way, I have a hard time buying the this is so important a, ho- a day that uh, that everyone should remember and all this, and he's in Alaska. Now, someone asked, Peter Ducey asked one of Biden's staffers, and I can't find the clip anywhere, but it, there is a clip. And Peter Ducey said, well, the staffer said, well, nobody was celebrating Pearl, the attack on Pearl Harbor 22 years after the attack on Pearl Harbor. Are you freaking kidding me? Just to give you a little FII, yeah, people don't celebrate. Actually, they do. <laughs> people do. Presidents don't show up. That's great. I understand that. But we're still celebrating the start of World War II. Pearl Harbor started World War II. We are still celebrating. We have an entire holiday, Memorial Day and Veterans Day, celebrating what happened during World War II and Pearl Harbor. People actually go to the cemeteries. We, we do have celebrations over World War II. They still celebrate the Nagasaki and Hiroshima bombings. The president does go to places. Pearl Harbor was our entrance into World War II, but Pearl Har- World War II, Pearl Harbor was part of World War II. We celebrate World War II all the time. Hopefully that guy in the administration never answers a question again because that was a really stupid answer. Well, needless to say, the uh, so Joe Biden didn't bother going to to New York or Pennsylvania or the Pentagon. He was too busy on his flight back doing something else, which we'll talk about in just a second, to celebrate the terrorist attack on the United States by radical Muslims. We'll talk about what he did to celebrate that. But first we need to get to our dumbass of the day, Kamala Harris, because you knew, you know she's going to say something stupid. And she said it right in the beginning. It was to the point no one even listened to her speech after that. There was no reason. It was just, God, she already did it. So let's listen to what Kamala Harris has to say and see if you can catch the little thing that may not be in place in this speech. Not only a place on our calendars, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941. September 11th, 2001. And January 6th, 2021. How can anyone say that she takes 
the terrorist attacks on September 11th seriously if she compares it to January 6th. So let's do a little math in our heads here. So I believe on on Pearl Harbor, 2,200 people were killed, military were killed in that attack. In 9-11, on September 11th, 3,000 people were killed. And I believe on September 6th, one person was killed. And by the way, that one person was killed was someone this woman would have put in prison for the rest of her life. She was killed by a police officer on, at the Capitol. So it wasn't like one of her people was killed on January 6th. To make that comparison, and again, people looked at this and they just shook their heads. They think they're making... Hey, here's the thing. It's conflation. This administration wants to conflate everything with January 6th. Everything's got to be conflated. Something has to be conflated. Um, I don't agree with trans right. I don't agree with the trans cult. It's conflated into genocide. Um, I think, I don't think all whites are racist. It's conflated into the entire country is racist. Everything is conflated into something. Um, 9-11 9-11 and Pearl Harbor were terrible. Well, so was January 6th. Conflated into January 6th. I, I got a step further. January 6th wasn't even close. The, the first Twin Tower bombing was worse than January 6th. You, you remember, the, the towers were attacked twice. The first attack killed more people than January 6th did. That one should have been celebrated before January 6th. I mean, you got the coal bombing that killed 100 men, 100 Navy sailors. I think it killed 100. I I can't remember. That should have been celebrated or mentioned before January 6th. Hell, the effed up Afghanistan pullout where 13 service members were killed in a terrorist attack. And let's not forget, like 100 Afghanis were killed in that terrorist attack. That should have been mentioned before January 6th. More people were killed in that than January 6th. But it's the conflation. No, it's got to be the narrative. So Joe Biden, again, I think one of the reasons he celebrated this is because then you celebrate the remembrance of a terrorist attack and then give terrorists money. That's what he did on September 11th, 2023. Joe Biden not only didn't bother to show up at any of the celebrations or remembrances, he then gave the mullahs of Iran six billion dollars. Let's read. The Biden administration's announcement on Monday that it unlocked at least six billion dollars and has as much as 16 billion according to Senator Ted Cruz, Republican of Texas, in sanctions relief for Iran's regime as part of a as part of a prisoner swap deal unleashed a storm of criticism. This is from Fox News by the way. 
Cruz, a member of the, Soren, uh, the Senate Foreign Intelligence Committee, along with others, fired back at the administration for its alleged secrecy surrounding the deal. Quote, President Biden has established a secret nuclear deal with the Iranian regime that is being kept from Congress and the American people. Today's news confirms that there has already been a side deal, including a $6 billion ransom and the release of Iranian operatives, Cruz wrote in a statement. So let me talk about this deal that he signed off on on September 11th. The day we're supposed to be celebrating the remembrance of an attack by radical Islamists on the Twin Towers, he goes out and gives radical Islamists $6 billion. Huh. Weird how that works. So this deal. So what does is, what is the United States get? The United States gets five hostages. Five hostages, by the way, that were not being tortured that were not being strung up, that are in perfect health, and were basically in ha- under house arrest. So they couldn't leave their hotel rooms. What does Iran get? Iran gets five to ten hostages, five to ten political prisoners, and six billion dollars, and no restrictions on what they can do with the money. Now, the Biden administration said, oh no, there are restrictions. They, they, they have to spend it on humanitarian aid. Well, that's funny. The, the, the president, the, the head of the mullahs, I can't remember his name, he said, no, we'll spend it the way we want. So, great deal. Way to celebrate. Uh, way to celebrate the remembrance of September 11, the September 11th terrorist attacks. Not only by not showing up at one of the sites, and by the way, I know, he's the first president not to do it. Well, let's be honest, there have been three presidents. He's the fourth president, so, I mean, he's one of, th- one of four that didn't show up. Not showing up to any of the cere- remembrance ceremonies, and then talking about himself, and then signing a deal with the mullahs of Iran. Way to celebrate this stuff. You know, it's funny. Again, it explains why a lot of the people who lost family members on September 11, 2001 don't, didn't want them there. They, they don't want them anywhere near there. Instead, they got Kamala Harris and then this bullshit with her. Okay, so that's, that's about it. My drugs are wearing off. I hope you guys have a great day. I do have a ton of stuff to talk about tomorrow. So, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I'm just falling behind on this. So I hope you guys have a great day. Love you all. This is Gene. You've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.